Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf with the Smart Home Show. This is the CES 2015 Smart Home Wrap-Up, hopefully the only wrap-up you'll need around CES 2015 for what happened in the Smart Home. I'm going to try and give it to you here. I apologize for not getting this to you sooner. I've been fighting a, an epic two-week cold, battling through the fog of, of cough syrup and NyQuil and, and a voice that has been failing on me uh, and you know, I, I arrived at, at CS on Sunday, two days before the show, to do all of these press events, and and I, I literally just lost my voice that day, and I never had that happen before. And th- through the next four days, I, I made it through meetings. I did a panel in front of hundred people, and talked to executive after executive, and and with my voice barely making it, it, it was at some at points cracking. Like I sounded like Peter Brady uh, on the Brady sh- on the the Brady Bunch. Uh, if anyone gets that reference for anyone over 30, um, as his voice was going through changes, uh, I, I coughed through meetings and it was just kind of terrible. So I apologize to anyone I met. I actually had a great time. I met a lot of people. I, I met a couple of listeners to the Smart Home Show. Uh, I, I met Tyler, the guy who won uh, the Ort Bluetooth system. Thanks, Tyler, for uh, taking time to meet with me. Um, I met some other folks. I met Andre, who's been listening to the show. He's an executive in the Smart Home industry, works for... Uh, a smart home company. It was good to meet him and a, a few others as well as uh, executives and, and people in the smart home industry. It was a fun time. This was my 16th CES. Um, I, I've consecutive in a row. I've been going since 1999, January 1999. The whole time, pretty much the consistent theme of what I've been looking at, while it's varied, the one, the one consistent theme has been connected home. And so uh, I went there with the, the goal to focus on that and try to bring back as much uh, an analysis and knowledge as I could around that area. And that's what we're going to have on today's show. So, you know, I want to highlight a few themes that I saw and also just talk to some specific companies, what I saw happening there. And by the way, I'm actually writing a report that is going to be uh, released for free uh, through my own website. You can go to smarthomeweekly.net, which will take you to the next market site. Uh, my company, and you can get a free download of that report. I'll also probably publish it in blog format. Again, go to smarthomeweekly.net, and you'll find that free report. It should be released this week. Uh, it's at about 20 pages, and I'm cranking it out. Um, and that's kind of the script for this this podcast. A lot of things I'll be talking about I put in written form. So if you want some of the links, if you want to find about the companies uh, and see some of the pictures I took, uh, check that out. So real quick, let's just get started. Let's get started. Um, I want to talk through first some trends I saw. The first major trend I saw was that fact that everyone, literally everyone in the smart home is talking about how we need to move towards more open integrations, uh, a smart home with less artif- a smart home industry with less barriers between ecosystems. And this first popped up on my panel on Monday where folks, the folks from Wink, Lowe's, GreenWave, all basically hit the beat the drum on this theme. And this, this was actually popping up through, throughout the show uh, through announcements, through keynotes. The, the, the CEO of Samsung, 
uh, said that, you know, he thinks the smart home will fail if things uh, from different companies, if ecosystems do not interoperate. You saw the same thing being said from the likes of uh, the CEO from SmartThings. Uh, you saw the same thing from Insteon. Um, they actually announced their API uh, has been opened up. Uh, so they are allowing other ecosystems to integrate with the Insteon world. So it was just a matter of words as well as actions. And I think this is just going to be a consistent theme throughout 2015 as companies are realizing you just can't have a bunch of separate uh, interoperable smart home ecosystems and hubs than endpoints. So I think that's one thing that I saw. Another one was just the connection between the smart home and the broader consumer Internet of Things is happening. It's happening now. One of the touch points I, I see happening is within the wearable space. Um, I did a panel last year at CES, and it was a year too early. I did it on the connection between smart home and wearables. And I had a lot of crickets chirping during the, the panel because there was really no no proof points. Um, and see, in January 2014, there wasn't a whole lot of integration between smartwatches and smart home. But this year, watch out. Literally, everyone was talking about it. Um, you know, smart things announced the integration with the Galaxy Gear. Um, a company called Misfit Wearables. Uh, one of the most successful wearable companies out there just raised a new funding round in the last month or so. And a big chunk of that is going to funding their own smart home initiative. They're literally branching off into the smart home world and they had their own bolt smart bulb that they were showing at CES. Nest announced an integration with Pebble and I could just, and, and just go on and go on. And it's, it's just literally more examples of that. And also it wasn't just wearables. It was things like connected car Smart Home Ventures, which produces the Peak Smart Home System, announced that they had integrated with Zuby, a connected car service. Nest announced they had integrated with Automatic, a connected car appliance or dongle. So you're just seeing the broader consumer Internet of Things, which I kind of define as encompassing uh, a bunch of different overlapping circles. One of them clearly is Smart Home, uh, but wearables as well, the connected car, um, uh, things like glass, things like uh, smart clothing and on and on smart, smart sporting equipment. It's just, it's just everything that touches the consumers consumer. That's a thing that is now connected. I think is becoming interconnected with other overlapping circles of, of categories like the smart home. So I think that's one thing that we're going to see continuing and gathering more momentum over the course of the year. Another major trend I saw was the entry in a bigger way of Europe into the smart home. And I mean that, what I mean by that is companies coming out of Europe, kind of making their presence known uh, in the smart home space. And I can just point to a specific, uh, just 10 minute period as I entered the South Hall on Tuesday. It was literally the, as the show opened, I walked into the South Hall and I came across two companies that, um, are making big entries into the smart home in North America over the next couple of months. One was a company called AWOKS, A-W-O-X, which I had known because they were creating DLNA software back in the 2007, 2008 timeframe when I was focusing heavily on DLNA. For those of you who don't know, the Digital Living Network Alliance is software that allows for media networking. And they're one of the top companies in that regard. And they're a publicly held French company. They actually went public. Um, their biggest business has historically been DLNA software, but they have entered the smart home in a big way. And they had a, a large lineup of smart lighting that had some really interesting kind of hybrid devices, smart lighting connected with speakers, uh, smart lighting connected with music streamers, uh, smart lighting connected with cameras, uh, I believe as well. And then I walked a little bit further and I ran into a company called BeWe. 
Now I've heard of, I've heard of BOE, but I hadn't had a chance to really talk to them. And and boy, was I kind of surprised at the extensiveness of their smart home lineup. They're creating an entire Bluetooth smart home system, an entire smart home system built around Bluetooth, which included a lineup uh, included a lineup of smart lighting, um, uh, humidity sensors, um, uh, Ethernet, uh, and and wireless smart plugs, smart motion trackers, just a, a, a wide variety of devices. The one one indication, one thing that they told me was their smart bulb. Their one low end price on their smart bulb will be twenty dollars American uh, in the U.S. So they're coming in, they're coming at uh, in at interesting price points. And so that's another company. Another big company you probably heard of is Bosch. And now it's no surprise that Bosch is uh, continuing to raise its flag higher in the smart home. They made an announcement with Cisco and EBB, uh, I think in December, how there had been a joint venture. But they're clearly becoming more and more uh, interested in the smart home, and they actually uh, show were showing off their smart refrigerator, with it, which they've actually already released in Europe. They will bring, be bringing to the U.S., um, which had uh, much like LG smart refrigerator, had two cameras in it to allow you via a remote app check out what the inventory of your refrigerator is. So, I mean, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I do think the smart kitchen will be a more interesting space over the next year or two, and I do think. Uh, while we've heard, it's almost become a cliche, the connected refrigerator, I do think that there's been a lot of investment in refrigerator, uh, uh, Internet of Things technology that will make it much more intelligent over the next few years. And I think cameras just cameras are just one of those. And so Bosch is one company that you'll see more of. And not just from a point product standpoint like refrigerators, but also they've created a whole suite of Internet of Things software that is going into their partnership with Cisco that I think is something to keep an eye on. I'll be writing more about that later, but just keep an eye out for that as well. I also bumped into a company called Digital Strom, and they were they were hitting me before CS with these, uh, you know, in, kind of in, enticing emails saying we have this Lego like system that is will be a building will be building box for the future smart home. And so when I happened upon them on CS four, I thought it was interesting. They actually had a little Lego like that looked exactly like Legos, a little plastic box that were uh, that were allowing you to build a smart home. They basically, when, if you took out the wiring on, on lighting or switches, you could basically build a modular smart home. Now, it certainly isn't as easy as Legos, which you know a, a three-year-old kid could put together and snap together, starting with the Duplo system for those you parents out there. Um, but it's actually something that requires a professional electrician to install. So I think it was a little bit, in, you know, not misleading, but, you know, it, the simplicity of Legos uh, is not quite the the simplicity that you see with this this digital strom system. You actually need it's a system actually targeted at uh, a professional installer, and they're going to be coming into the U.S. Uh, probably through the electrician channel, maybe through the home system integrator channel. So I think they're one to watch out for, but they're certainly not a DIY type of solution. Again, you could find out more about them uh, when you go to smartomweekly.net. I'm writing about them in my report. You can find the links to their website. As to all these companies. Uh, in my write-up, so check that out as well. So let's talk about the cloud platforms. You know, one thing that uh, I see obviously is a big trend in smart home in 2015 is the continued push towards the race to own the smart home cloud. And by that I mean, um, who will be the key provider of cloud technology? Will there be one? Will there be many uh, in the smart home? Clearly, big cloud providers like Amazon and Microsoft probably will have something to say here. Clearly, Google. But there's a lot of startups in the space, companies that are actually uh, getting investment and have been at this for a little while to create uh, 
smart home systems that utilize their you know platform as a service or their software as a service to create a smart home offering. Uh, and you know the the names are familiar. If you've been listening to this show, you know companies like Zonoff, like Ayla Networks. There's also a couple new entrants, and I haven't had a, enough time to digest some of the announcements. One of them was from Marvell, which is typically known as a chip company. If you are in the world of connected home or, or broadband at all, you know Marvell. They've been creating and putting out Wi-Fi chips. They're one of the kind of the dominant Wi-Fi chip providers out there. But they they announced an entire initiative around. Their smart home, including a smart home cloud, uh, which looks like a platform as a service offering, that is a combination uh, of, of different components, right? They have this entire suite of products, including their Kenoma SDK, uh, which is a framework to develop software for a smart home or for connected devices. And they're push, pushing that into their smart home initiative. Um, and basically, they're looking like me, like they're, to me, what they're doing is basically trying to become a little bit like an electric amp type of. Uh, offering where they basically create a turnkey set of technologies for companies to come and create smart home products. And part of that is a cloud solution. So interesting because, you know, Marvell is typically not a company I see as creating internet software or, or cloud types of solutions, but that's one to keep an eye on. Another one, obviously I mentioned electric imp, but they uh, continued to uh, beat the drum and they actually had a partnership with Marvell. One of the things that they announced that they're integrating with Marvell's uh, uh, integrated Wi-Fi chip microcontroller targeted IoT. So clearly these two companies are working together and starting to sound more and more alike. I thought that was an interesting. Zonoff, um, which you know is an interesting company. I had, I had 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 a chance to have lunch with Mike Harris, the CEO of Zonoff, and and that was great to catch up with him. They were fairly quiet at CS. I mean, you know, they had their suite where they were showing off uh, the usual kind of. Uh, product set of products uh, with staples, and they also were showing new integrations with Bose Audio as well as uh, LG TVs, showing off some uh, new ambient orts. But I also think they're keeping their powder dry a little bit for future announcements based on new partnerships coming in the first half of 2015. They get a new round of funding in in December for 38 million. That's a ton of money, so I expect that that was probably based on maybe some new. Uh, customers that they'll be announcing. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. Another company is Ayla Networks, another cloud company for IoT and smart home. And they're, they didn't have a ton of announcements. They basically were at the Caesars and the Link. And I went up and met with their CEO, Dave Freeman, and they're showing off their integration with WeChat, which is a huge app uh, for social communication in Asia. And But they, what the point they were making there is you basically didn't need a separate smart home app. You should be able to control the smart home out of commonly used apps like WeChat. So that was interesting. You know, a lot of their, their funding actually has come out of China. So a lot of the work they've done around smart home is pushing into the Chinese market. So that's interesting. They were also behind some of the other companies who are making announcements to CS. One of them is uh, Kida, uh, a company who is actually part of United Technologies, a big conglomerate. And so they were uh, – AOL Networks was a software-powering uh, Kida's new remote link home monitoring device. And so just one of these companies that is actually uh, out there helping other companies bring products to market, much like Zonoff. Moving on, let's catch up with some of the bigger companies and what they announced at CES. Smart things, Samsung, what did they have up at CES? Well, well, the CEO of Samsung, Biki Yoon, gave a, an interesting, somewhat provocative, or at least intriguing speech where he, he really talked about how smart home and IoT needed to work together. All the different ecosystems need to work together. He felt, he said that he felt that 
the smart home would die if that didn't happen, would not come to fruition like we all kind of wanted to. And so that was an interesting thing. It, it kind of set, helped set the theme that I talked about where a lot of people were talking about how things need to interoperate together. And hearing the CEO of Samsung say that, I think really kind of reiterated that for a lot of people. Smart Things had some updates that they announced. You know, Smart, Smart Things was central to the Samsung's discussion around Smart Home, and they actually had some updates that they were talking about at CS for Smart Things. Smart Things basically announced that their Hub 2.0, the second generation Hub, uh, would be available in Q2. The new Hub will have Bluetooth Smart to it. So you know this idea of Bluetooth, the Bluetooth Smart Home that I've been writing about, is coming more and more into focus. Uh, so they'll be adding Bluetooth to Z-Wave and Zigbee and Wi-Fi. That's already on the SmartThings Hub. They also announced their next-generation sensors that will be included within the update in Q2, uh, released at the same time the hub as the hub. They said that the sensors will be one-third of the size of the current sensors. You know, I have a SmartThings Hub in my house, and the, these kind of these sensors, these little fobs that you add onto your to your keychain or whatever. They're pretty big, and they're actually kind of um, almost feel like you you put them together through a kit. When you when the plastic comes off, the little uh, and you could pull the two pieces, the shell part, and the little mother, the little daughter board falls out with the chip on it, and it just feels like it's kind of put together as if you put it together in a kit. You can tell it definitely feels like a a generation one product, and so it looks like they're moving beyond that, making things maybe a little bit more um, feeling like it's a little bit more of a kind of a, a finished complete product. They also announced a new paid service that will uh, they will be rolling out this year. So SmartThings is moving into the premium smart home. We have yet to see a DIY smart home service really, uh, from a paid perspective, really kind of be a hit or a home run. I think maybe drop cams or some of these network cameras, paid services for uh, cloud archiving of video is probably the closest thing that we've seen in terms of like fairly strong adoption. I know that Dropcams told me that they've had fairly, fairly strong adoption of their paid service. Um, and they said all that before they got acquired by Google and really stopped talking to anyone. But so I think SmartThings is, SmartThings is probably thinking the same thing. So they're rolling out their paid service this year, which will include things like text alerts and the ability to notify trusted contacts, but also include with it, uh, believe it or not, a cloud-based video recording service for, for SmartThings. So essentially, SmartThings will be rolling out a video camera and a video archiving service, probably taking a cue from Dropcam. Other big kind of platforms or ecosystem updates. HomeKit was everywhere but nowhere at CS. That's kind of the, the, the takeaway I had. They felt like you know everyone is talking about that what HomeKit will mean. Companies like iDevices were out in force kind of a with their booths rolling out HomeKit-enabled products, even though they can't really ship it yet because Apple has yet to really roll it out officially. Um, I was talking just to a lot of companies that were talking about HomeKit and, and what this meant to them. And everyone is basically who is basically kind of one of the close partners, the one of the, the kind of the initial partners um, that are looking to roll out HomeKit hardware are all basically kind of ready to step on the gas. They've gotten to the point where they could press the the launch button, but they're just waiting for Apple to press the launch button. So, you know, this means basically they've gotten to the point where they can uh, roll out production hardware, uh, even take existing product lines that are being morphed into HomeKit compatible product lines. And that's that's no that's no small thing because HomeKit compatible 
if you're part of the initial wave of HomeKit early partners, that means you're putting in additional silicon because one of the, the, the things about HomeKit compatibility is they're actually putting a piece of silicon that's centered around the security component. Uh, and so that is something that companies are, are having to actually do. And I think one of the things that I've heard people are doing, companies are doing, is they're basically creating some level of modularity or the ability to add in HomeKit compatibility um, to new SKUs um, once the go button is pressed. So they may have a little bit of leeway in terms of getting you know product pumped out of the factories, but by and large they have to be ready to go on a fairly short notice. And so, and from what I understand, really everyone feels like it's imminent or fairly soon, but no one really knows exactly when. And there's some people who have said, you know, some to the point, something to the point that. You know, HomeKit is close, but not quite ready. So we'll see. I definitely feel like it's going to be Q1, uh, and it seems like something that everyone's waited, waiting for bated breath with. One company actually told me that there's a, there's a secret code. If you're in kind of the, the club, if you're one of the early HomeKit partners, uh, you should know the password. And they didn't tell me the password because it's, you know, this under lock and key. I'd have to know. They'd have to kill me if they told me. But if you were one of the early partners, apparently there's a code. So if someone else comes to you and says, hey, they're part of the early HomeKit program, uh, they might ask you, you might have to ask them what the password is or what the kind of the secret code is. I don't think it's Rosebud, but it's something. So uh, that's kind of one of the interesting things I heard at CES as well. So Nest was out there, um, but but they weren't out there in force. And, and if we learned anything from last year, Google really kind of sees CES as maybe a way to let people talk about them, but they don't necessarily see it as a way to really kind of uh, set up big fireworks because I think they they realize that people are going to pay attention to them whether it's a CS or outside or outside of some big trade show, and so uh, clearly they made the biggest news of 2014 right after CS. Within a few days, they acquired Nest, and at this show, basically what they're doing is having people talk about the works with Nest, and, and they they announced some new partners, you know, numerous new companies that were working with Nest and integrating with Nest. And, you know, I, I, you walked over around the press events like Showstoppers or Digital Experience, and you just saw all these different smartphone companies saying that they now worked with Nest. And, and that was really kind of doing Google and Nest job for them. So Nest themselves didn't need a big presence on the show floor. They were taking meetings, um, and I actually went in and had a, a chat with them. And what they primarily were talking about was, again, the, uh, the works of the Nest program, and all the new partners they had. That was kind of the major news for Nest at the show. Greg Hugh, the, the the senior product manager in charge of the Works with Nest group, was the one who briefed me, and he, he talked about the 5,500 developers that they have within the Works with Nest program. I asked him how many companies are actually working within the Works with Nest framework, and he didn't have a number for me. He actually just had a developer number. He also pointed out one of the things they were saying is one in, test, one in 10 Nest users are now using Works with Nest integrations, which they seemed to think was a number that was interesting. It seemed maybe low to me. They seemed to think it was a high number. So one in 10 people with a Nest thermostat or a Nest uh, smoke alarm basically have some sort of integrated third-party device, like an August or a Kivo or or something that is within the Works with Nest, has been working with Works with Nest. So they, they talked about that. They said there's also something like 90 countries where Nest has been installed. I also got an update on Thread. So you may or may not know that Chris Boros, the chairman of Thread, actually works for Nest. So he came by the, the suite as well and gave me an update. So he talked about how they're basically on track for June, how the spec will be released then. 
in the first half. They also talked about how they will be launching a certification program and that they chose uh, UL, uh, Underwriters Laboratories, one of the companies I've actually had on my podcast, The Smart Home Show, as the test house for the certification program. They also told me that there's 50 members of the third group, uh, be that you know what type of member that is, a fill member, contributor, board member. Uh, there's 50 total um, so that, that take that for what it's worth as well. So it looks like that group is moving along and the spec will be out this year, uh, by June. So keep an eye out for that. I also met with Insteon. So if you're at all familiar, uh, with the smart home order, you're pretty familiar with Insteon and they had some interesting announcements at CES. One was that they were opening up a REST API. So other smart home products and ecosystems can integrate with the world of Insteon, and so that kind of aligns with the theme that I talked about, how companies are looking to open up and make things more open within the smart home. They also announced that there will be an Instant HomeKit app. They will have an app that allows Instant to control HomeKit devices. So if you, you can start to plug in HomeKit devices within and into Instant Networks. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Obviously, it's going to be an iOS app because uh, any HomeKit-enabled app will be an iOS app. Essentially, you're not going to get a Windows app or, or any other type of app. So you know, if you look at Instagram in 2014, they announced a Windows app. That will not be HomeKit enabled. So you will not be able to control a HomeKit device from the Instagram Windows app. I actually specifically asked, asked about that. And obviously, uh, maybe it seems kind of obvious. Maybe it isn't. Uh, it has to be an iOS device to control HomeKit devices if they're connected to the Instagram network. Or any sort of HomeKit network. You, you can't use do that from, from a Windows machine. You're going to have to do that from an iOS device. And so I talked with Joe Dada, the CEO of Insteon. He gave me an update just generally on Insteon. He said that they launched with Walmart this, you know, last year. I wrote a little bit about that. and said they're, within, they're in, in 1,700 stores so far. Uh, they also launched with Best Buy, and they have 300 stores that they've actually reached at this point. Uh, so Insteon is, is reaching out further and further into the various retail and e-tail marketplaces that sell smart home. Let's see. What other platforms? I caught up with the folks from Wink had a chat with them. Um, you know, when you go, when I went and talked to Wink, you know, they had two ways you can go to the quirky side or you can choose the Wink side, but there's a wall in between them. Like they kept them in separate rooms and that's how they kind of keep the companies. Cause I talked about that. As you know, I've talked a little bit about Wink and the relationship with quirky and it's been a little bit confusing. Maybe it's just to me. Maybe I'm the one confused. But I had a good conversation with Wink about the the, the how those two companies uh, are orchestrated and structured. And I also talked a little bit about what they were kind of coming out with, uh, what they were talking about at CES. And basically how they explained to me is Quirky is the company that is the innovation side, that is creating lots of products for itself, working with companies like GE as well. But they're also bringing out their own smart home products, like connected air conditioners or devices like that, that could actually compete with products that are working on the Wink platform. So that's the reason for the, the, the barrier between the two companies because Quirky is coming out with its own products and Wink is a platform that wants lots of third parties to connect to it. And so they're creating this wall between the two companies and whether or not that deters some companies saying, Hey, we don't necessarily want to work on Wink because we were competing with quirky in a sense, whether or not that happens or not, I don't know, may not, but that's really kind of how it works. And so when I was talking to quirky, they talked about how basically they're at about, or will be at about 25 brands or so that work with the, with the wink platform. Uh, 
in the next quarter or so. They launched with 16. They talked about how they're about 150 or so products. Um, talked about the Home Depot relationship and how they are the preferred platform for Home Depot and how Home Depot's uh, senior management who look at Smart Home or kind of work with Smart Home are encouraging you know all the manufacturers who bring products, uh, Smart Home products to Home Depot to work with the Wing platform. So that's really kind of one of the uh, the things that Home Depot is doing and how that relationship works. It's not an exclusive relationship. By any means, you know, Home Depot uh, certainly can bring other smart home products in there or even hubs possibly or platforms. And, and Wink certainly can be at other retail environments as they are, obviously. I wrote a little bit about this in my update. There was a new company that entered the smart home in, in Pella. They are a window and blinds maker, a high-end one that is actually at uh, quite a bit of Lowe's. And they have their own showrooms. And they actually announced that they will be working with the Wink platform. Uh, their their smart home products, their automated blinds and windows and, and uh, key, uh, door sensors will work with the Wink platform in addition to the Nexia platform as well. So that was kind of one of the pieces of news coming out of Wink as well as Pella. There was also news coming out of Nortec, yeah, the Nortec security side that used to be previously linear. Uh, and the Go Control brand, which is the the Nortec DIY smart home line that will be going to retail, um, they are working with Wink to co- kind of co-produce a line of smart home security products. And you know, Wink really hasn't really had any security products. They've had all these other uh, smart home products, but they haven't done a whole lot there. So they're working with Nortec and their Go Control brand create a, to create kits. And so I saw that also at the Nortec booth when I, when I walked by there. Uh, so that, I thought that was interesting. That was kind of one of the pieces of news that uh, the Wink and Nortec had. And also there was a, they talked about a new light lighting from Cree. So Cree has come out with some new Zigbee light bulbs that will be working with Wink as well. So that was another piece of news uh, coming out of Wink and its partner. So lots of partner news. Uh, they were definitely uh, talking to lots of folks, and that was kind of the update I got from the Wink side of things. I stopped by and talked to the folks from Smart Home Ventures as well. They are the company behind the Peak Smart Home platform that is available at Best Buy. That is based on the iControl platform. Um, and so they, I talked a little bit with them. And, you know, they didn't have a ton. They, had, they were kind of talking about some some to-be-announced stuff around new software interfaces that they really couldn't show yet. They weren't ready. To, they showed me, but they weren't really ready to kind of bring out to the public. So they're having meetings so I can't talk, I can't really show you that, but they were showing me, and it does look pretty interesting. They're working with some interesting designers to create some uh, new interfaces. So I think uh, just keep an eye out, keep an eye out for them in terms of what they do from a software perspective in the near term. They also are working with companies like Jawbone. They've recently added added some new SmartWalk companies, Yale and Quickset. Um, they also added the Nest, or excuse me, the, the Nest thermostat, but also the Pearl thermostat. And also the Lyric thermostat, those are uh, things that they will be supporting soon. And they also be working with LG and all their major appliances. So, you know, not a ton of like hard announcements from Peak, but they will have a lot of things coming soon. And they have a lot of new devices they are working with. Moving on, let's see, I talked to Belkin as well. I actually went Sunday night to a Belkin dinner. They were nice enough, nice enough to have dinner and put me on a ride on the, I guess, what is the world's biggest Ferris wheel now. The, the Link Ferris wheel, that big Ferris wheel in Vegas. 
And here's the thing about that that's interesting. Each one of those pods, the ones, the things you ride in, they're big enough to hold a party like 30 people. The entire Belkin party, there's like 30 of us, fit on one of these pods. And it took like half an hour to go around. And we did it at night. Got some great shots of Vegas. And apparently one of these pods actually has a bar on it. Ours didn't have a bar, unfortunately. But yeah, so those of you who go to Vegas or are going to Vegas or want to go to Vegas, make time for the Link uh, Ferris wheel, uh, which is uh, pretty fun. And you can't miss it. it can, it's pretty obvious from the skyline where it is. So check that out. But Belkin, they had an interesting CS. You know, I didn't see a ton of – I expected a lot of third-party announcements, integration with home systems like the Jarden announcements last year where they announced, uh, you know, their coffee, their partnership where Mr. Coffee and, and the, and, uh, the integration with the, the crock pot, um, the kingdom wanted interest this past year, but there wasn't a lot of that. What they did have to announce was a new line of sensors. I think five or six in total, a window and door sensor, a keychain sensor, alarm sensor that basically sits next to existing alarms and allows you to have remote access to an alarm. Kind of a retrofit, which I think is interesting. A retrofit to existing arms that makes them internet enabled. A Wemo room motion sensor, and then a water sensor that allows you to actually analyze your consumption of water throughout the home. And all these will be available in the second half of 2015. There's a pretty long lead time. It won't be available to then, and pricing isn't available. It was an interesting, but I don't think it was a huge CS. I actually expected a little bit bigger CS out of Belkin. They also announced there's some lighting, uh, some new light bulbs, and with some partners, Austin, Sylvania, and TCP. Lowe's was there flying their flag. They had a big old booth on the show floor for their iris. And I was actually doing a panel, uh, supposed to do a panel with Kevin Meager, the GM for Lowe's iris, but he actually couldn't make it. Uh, so I had someone else from uh, Lowe's step in. And Lowe's didn't have a ton to announce. What they did have to announce uh, was an interesting partnership with Eye Control. And this was interesting to me because I think Eye Control uh, basically will be certifying Lowe's Iris hardware to work within the, the Eye Control platform, which is basically used by cable operators. So you can eventually start to see where you could go to Lowe's and buy Smart Home Iris hardware if you're a Comcast Xfinity home user and take it home and plug it into your smart home and it should work. So uh, Lowe's is looking to expand into the service provider channel. And conversely, um, the cable guys are hopefully looking to possibly have access to the retail prowess of Lowe's and their Iris hardware and being, and allow them to basically sell into that channel. So I've been talking for about a half an hour. So it's a fairly long wrap up. We've got a little bit more to go. Again, you can get the written version of this. Just go to smarthomeweekly.net. You'll find access to the CES 2015 review where I have links to a lot of these companies and, and written analysis as well. Very quickly, let's let's do a couple category reviews uh, as we kind of wind this up. Uh, let's look at lighting. There's a lot of smart lighting at CES. I mean, smart bulbs, smart lighting, I think, is probably the most obvious category. If, you, if you're just a company looking to get in on the smart home action, and don't want to do something overly complicated. Smart lighting makes a lot of sense. Um, I was trying to get over uh, and meet with Phillips. I had a, you know, they were wanting to meet with me, but they were at the Trump Hotel. And, and anyone who went to CS knows how hard it is to leave the show for and go to some random hotel. Uh, 
that would have taken two hours out of my day. So not that I didn't want to meet Phillips. I just couldn't quite get over there. I had a pretty jam-packed schedule. They announced that they will be working with Nest as well, like a lot of other folks. They also talked about a new scheduling system that will uh, now allow them to enable new automation scenes. And they were basically at the, at the show floor, demonst- or at least at their, at their Trump suite, showing how they did a lot of kind of orchestrated, um, coordinated um, use of hue lights with music. So they were doing that, just kind of showing that off a little bit as well. You know, with regards to other folks, I, I mentioned AWOCs. I ran into them. They had numerous smart bulbs. Cree, which is a company um, that is working with Wink, came out with a $15 smart home light bulb, smart light bulb that is actually available at Home Depot, I think, just yesterday. Avion, another company, announced a lineup of Bluetooth smart bulbs. So there's just there's just a fraction of the ones that are out there. I think I maybe talked about Singlet before. Um, Singlet is this company out of uh, China that has uh, that won an innovation award for their combination smart bulbs, where they actually have these combo bulbs and and Wi-Fi repeaters and and cameras, etc. So there's just a lot of smart bulbs, a lot more Bluetooth smart bulbs. I mean, the original wave of smart bulbs, smart lighting was around based around Zigbee mainly. There's a lot of Bluetooth ones coming online. Increasingly, some combination smart lighting with other things uh, like cameras. Speaking of cameras, I looked at some of the connected cameras on the show floor. There's a lot of these as well. I mean, uh, you know, it's funny. I met I met with Canary a year ago at CS 2014, and then I saw them again this year. And in the meantime, they didn't really ship. They never shipped, but they will be shipping soon. So um, a lot of these companies that have these smart home security systems in a box or smart home security appliances that I, I call them like Piper, they were also there um, with the, at the eye control booth. Piper was at the eye control booth. But what I'm also seeing within the connected camera side of things is kind of moving on from this world where, you know, everything was just a kind of a drop cam-like connected camera to where you're starting to see focused cameras. I mean, I think Canary and Piper are an example of this, security focused. But to take it to an extreme, there was also uh, this company called PetCube. And you you could Google PetCube. I think it's PetCube.com. You can see it's actually a pet-focused connected camera. So if you are a pet owner and want a connected camera, you, you can buy this one. And what's interesting about it, I actually tried it out on the, I think, what, as Showstoppers. Uh, you can actually, with your app, um, control a laser-pointed red dot, a little red dot that actually goes on the sh- on the floor at your home. So you could be in Vegas. You have your pet cube in L.A. or, or wherever you are, wherever your pets are at home. And play with them. And I did that. I was actually making some cats go crazy. There's a room full of cats. And actually, they were starting to look kind of bored, I think, uh, because the lady who was showing it to me had probably been trying to get them to chase this red dot for the past three hours as they demoed it to various pe- people and passersby. So I thought that was kind of interesting, kind of funny. Um, you know, I, I talked with SimpleCam, or at least dropped by SimpleCam's booth. I didn't get a chance to talk to, uh, to them because they were actually so – there were a lot of people winding up. But I, I saw – um, they were demoing their new facial recognition. You know, as you, if you're familiar with SimpliCam, which is a company, uh, which is a smart camera made by ArcSoft based on their closely software. I, I keep getting this mixed up because there's three different brand names. But ArcSoft is a company behind SimpliCam, and the software they're using is closely, and closely makes the SimpliCam hardware work. And closely is software that enables you to do facial, what was just facial detection, but the big news they had at CS 2015 was they now are enabling facial recognition. So going from, hey, I know there's a, I've been alerted that there's a face, someone in my house 
with a face, not just a pet. It actually detects if it's a human. To actually, the alert telling you on your your, your Simply Cam app that, hey, it's it's your wife or your, your parents are at home or you don't recognize. There's someone at your house you don't recognize. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. And the device, the update allows the device to remember up to 10 people and send alert, alerts tailored around your profiles depending on your preferences. I think I mentioned uh, earlier that Dropcam wasn't really there in any big way. I, I talked to Dropcam, I talked to the Nest folks about Dropcam and they weren't really, really there. And I, I've kind of said this before, they've kind of gone a little bit dormant ever since acquisition from Nest. Um, they tweeted at me, I think maybe four months ago, that they were, after I tweeted how they were basically abandoning uh, the Dropcam Bluetooth sensors they announced, post-acquisition by Nest, I was, a, I was a little bit sad about that. And Nest tweeted at me and said they are reviewing the product roadmap and they will make a, have a blog post announcing what they have decided on. And five months later, they've not posted on that. And, and, and Dropcam is still suspiciously quiet. So I don't know what's going on over there. Dropcam is still selling a lot of cameras. But there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of kind of new stuff coming out of Dropcam. Maybe they're going to have some big surprise here uh, in the next little while. Let's look at Smartlocks. Last year I went to CS, trying to talk to every Smartlock company that was there, and I, I think I did. I talked to most everyone there, from you know the the quick sets and the Schlegs of the world, to you know to to Yale. I talked to the same companies this year. I had lunch last year with with Jason, uh, the founder. Jason Johnson, the founder of August, um, and I didn't get a chance to meet Jason this time, but August has some news, so we'll talk about that. So let's quickly up, update what happened there. So Yale had some news. They actually announced finally they're, that they are coming out with their NFC SmartLock in February. You know, they announced this a couple years ago. It's, it's interesting. Um, and NFC, they, they were really the first one to, to announce that they would have NFC on a SmartLock, and then basically nothing happened for a while. And they gave me an explanation. I actually talked to the senior management, and they said what happened was the carriers were trying to decide what they um, wanted to do with the NFC, uh, kind of the lockbox NFC portion of memory on on smartphones. Uh, Yale was finding out if they could get access to that for their NFC smart lock, and the, and the carriers were just kind of not really telling them anything. So eventually Yale decided they didn't want to wait for the carriers uh, and the smartphone companies. Um, they just would go forward with their NFC smart lock and not necessarily try to access kind of that lockdown area that is on most smartphones controlled by the carrier. So they, they will be coming out with their NFC-enabled smart lock in February, and the price for that is $225. Quick set with their Kivo smart lock, the Bluetooth Kivo smart lock based on the Unikey technology, announced that they will be coming out with the Bluetooth gateway called the Kivo Plus. Interesting model for this is that the Kivo Plus is actually free to anyone who's a Kivo customer. All they need to do is go online and register for a Kivo Plus account. But here's here's the catch: uh, if you if you apply or you basically become a Kivo Plus customer, you then have to pay a subscription fee to get access to extra digital keys and this remote access. So it's a free piece of hardware, uh, but uh, so they're subsidizing it, but they're then expecting you to basically become a uh, recurring monthly subscriber to their Kivo Plus program. So kind of interesting. Schlage, who'd kind of been quiet on the Bluetooth front, finally came out with their Bluetooth smart lock, the Schlage Sense. Uh, the device is interesting because it's the first Bluetooth smart lock that actually has a keypad on it, which I like. I like the ability to actually send people um, or give people a, a code. So if people don't have a smartphone, um, you can actually tell them what the code is. You can give them their own code to get into your house. Um, and you could change that remotely, uh, obviously with the, with their app. 
but I, I think this is interesting. Um, it'll also integrate with HomeKit, so you, this means you can actually be able to control your Schlage Sense SmartLock via Siri. Um, it will be available later in 2015. Pricing has not been announced on that. UniQ is there. Um, I didn't get a chance. To, I actually stopped by, and, and, and Phil Dumas, the CEO, was there. He's busy talking to someone, so I, I kind of missed my opportunity, opportunity to see how to fill. Um, so I was wondering about that. Again, these these shows are so busy. You're, you have a meeting, then you have a meeting the next half hour, and just moving it on and on and on. So sometimes you miss your opportunities. And they they were basically talking a little bit about uh, their integration with Nest, which they announced. And, and you know, Nest was also talking about them. And then they also announced early, late last year that they were going into the hotel market. One of the things that Phil Dumas told me uh, on the Smart Home Show and our podcast is they basically saw – their opportunity in lots of different markets, not just the residential lock market. And so um, they are uh, doing a separate license for people, for a company to basically own the rights to their technology for the hotel market. I know they're talking to companies in the in the vehicle market or the transportation market. And so uh, they're just looking to take this technology, which is for a Bluetooth smart lock, and go into a lot of different market verticals, and they continue to do that. August uh, had some news, you know, like like Kivo, like Quickset, they announced a, a hardware add-on to re- enable remote access, the August Connect, which will be available in February for fifty bucks. Technically forty nine ninety nine, but uh, I'm going to add a penny on there, and I figure you'd probably be, if you're going to buy, you're going to buy it uh, again. So that will enable you to connect to the August SmartWalk remotely via an app, and also send people keys. They also announced that they are they have an API that they've a private API that they've made available for integration with partners who probably asked them very nicely and sign a contract. And uh, they've also done integration with Nest as well. You know, I'm nearing the end of this, this wrap up. I mean, I'm, there's again, a lot of stuff you can get in the written format. If you just go to smart and we could, and I don't, I don't mean to keep banging that drum, but again, I may be missing some stuff and you want links to this stuff as a reference. You could just get the report and get a lot of this stuff. And the last word I had on the report is basically a conclusion saying, you know, I, I missed a lot of companies because you can't, get everyone i mean i can tell you right now i didn't really write a whole lot about what nortech is doing they had some interesting stuff um i didn't really talk about uh, some of these other companies because there's just too many companies to cover and but this this report is a good start this podcast is a good start for you to get an idea the couple of the companies i I talk about uh, at the very end who are getting into smart home some of the new entrants i mentioned pell before Again, they're a high-end windows and blinds company that actually came out with their own smart home system called Instinctive that is based on Z-Wave, and they've integrated with both with Wink and Nexia. I think that'll be interesting to watch. I mean, what you're seeing is a lot of these specific home system companies with their focused product that they make are coming out with smart home-enabled technologies that will probably, they'll look to integrate with a lot of different platforms. So you have at the center of your smart home uh, oftentimes these DIY companies be a wink or, or smart things. If you're going high end, you're going to look at, you know, Crestron and, and all these other guys, Savant, Savant's another company I didn't write about it. They were at the show for, um, but you're going to have all these point product companies that are looking to then get in on the action and integrate. They don't want to be at the center of the smart home, but they want you to buy their particular product, be it a blind or door lock, And they're going to hopefully integrate with as many of these smart home companies as possible. So, you know, I'm sure a company like Pella is probably getting maybe people from Apple saying, hey, would you want to become part of the family? I'm sure Nest is now maybe giving a call to Pella saying, hey, you know, works with Nest would be great for you guys as well. So that's what's happening there. And, and so Pella, you can ch- check out. They have their new Instinctive 
uh, brand of smart home blinds, shades, and deadbolt sensors, garage door sensors as well. Um, another company that is kind of making their way into the smart home in a bigger way. It's not a huge surprise, but um, it's interesting to me. This company called Securify, they have a, a really popular home router that is the first touchscreen router. And I actually bought this thing because I was so sick of my Wi-Fi being terrible. I actually bought this about a week ago. Because I have, I'm, I've, you know, I've been able to solve a lot of my problems with HomePlug. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I still, you know, my part of my family still wants access to Wi-Fi in a part of the house just that are, my router just doesn't reach through. Well. And I've tried repeaters, um, which by and large I never had a good Wi-Fi repeater. I bought them like three or four of these things, and they never work well because they always disconnect. Um, but I've heard so many good things, and the Amazon the Amazon reviews for the Almond router were so good that I figured I would buy it. It acts as a repeater and a router. So I figured, you know, I could just shut off uh, my Comcast gateway Wi-Fi and use this thing. Or I can just add the router in another room or act, let it act as a repeater. And, it, and I did. What I ultimately did, just what kind of side note, is I basically connected my new Almond router uh, to my home plug port in my living room, which is the dead spot. So I have a home plug network that goes throughout the house that works really well. And then on, on I have a, a home plug switch. I have a home plug switch with basically four ports from Netgear. It's a pretty old one in my living room, and I then just plugged in my Wi-Fi almond router, and it works great. So it's kind of a uh, a hodgepodge of technologies I'm using here. Uh, but if anyone wants to extend into dead spots, the almond router is, actually works really well. You also can use it connected to home plug. Uh, just a little tip for me, maybe maybe help someone out there. But anyway, Securify is actually going into home automation and smart home. Basically, they're doing what I've been talking about that's going to happen for a while with this idea that uh, the smart home is going to be integrated with other devices. And so they're coming out with two new routers, the Almond Plus, which is going to be available for 250 bucks, And the Almond 2015 is going to be available for 199 bucks. And the Almond Plus is basically a the router with touchscreen with integrated Z-Wave and Zigbee. So if you have Z-Wave or Zigbee devices and you don't want a separate hub, the Almond router, Almond Plus router could be a good solution. If, if you're a little bit, you know, want a little bit of cost savings, you can go with Almond 2015, which is basically the same Almond router that I have, but with Zigbee. I don't really see a $50 savings really to go with a different uh, device that doesn't have Z-Wave. I don't know if that made the most sense to me. It, they could have simplified just had like two two versions, one with the home automation, one without. But they have two home automation routers, one with Zibby and Z-Wave for 250 bucks. that's Almond Plus, and then one, the Almond 2015, which just has Zigbee for about $199.99. I think both of those are available now online. So last one, I actually ran across the iDevices. Um, you know, I had iDevices on my podcast, and I wrote about how they were it's just kind of an eye-popping announcement they made in Q3, Q4 last year that they spent $10 million on HomeKit development. And they were partly doing that to kind of develop a platform that others can use, but also they were coming out with their own hardware. And so they made this kind of this secret kind of, hey, we're going to come out with something big at CS 2015. And when I went to their booth, their big announcement was a HomeKit switch. Now, basically, that, that, that what it is is a wall plug. Um, that is HomeKit enabled. You know they're part of the HomeKit uh, approved vendor family, and they also have, I think, some extra HomeKit licenses because they're able to create a, a platform that others can use. 
but their HomeKit switch, um, you know, is something you could plug any device in, and you can then have HomeKit control over. And so they had this big show for big booth on the show floor, and they had like lots of little different stations, and every station had the HomeKit switch. Like they had one station for their uh, electronic grill thermometers, you know, the, kind of their legacy business, which actually is a pretty good business for them. Uh, but I was just a little bit surprised that their big announcement was the switch. I thought they were going to like come out with something maybe like bigger, like a kind of a more of a system wide approach or like kind of this, uh, I don't know, just something bigger. You know, maybe they're trying to start going to try and start to become like a Belkin Wemo for HomeKit. Uh, maybe that's the approach they're taking. So keep an eye on them. I mean, I mean, technically you can retrofit your house. If you want all your different devices to be controlled via HomeKit, um, and they're old, old things like lighting and, and and coffee makers, you could buy a bunch of these switches, and, and then you can have HomeKit control over them. Um, so, I mean, it, it is interesting. So keep an eye out for that, uh, and that'll be out later this year. So that's where I'm at. I'm going to wrap this baby up. It's been a long conversation. If you stuck with it to the end, congratulations. Uh, I appreciate it, and thank you for listening. I'm going to get back to my regularly scheduled program next week where I'll be doing updates. I have a, a Smart Home interview with uh, the CEO of Drop, uh, the Smart Scale Manufacturer, I actually did uh, in December, so I'm a little bit late on getting that out. But I'm going to have lots of great interviews on the Smart Home Show, lots of great weekly updates on all the news. So keep coming back. Go to technology.fm and look for the Smart Home Show or Google Smart Home Show. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher. We're the number one Smart Home Show on iTunes. And um, what are we? Over the past month, I've kind of been bumping up the, the charts on the gadgets. I was up actually in the top 10 in gadget podcasts on iTunes, the Smart Home Show. So I was pretty happy about that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for the support. We will have more giveaways in the future, so keep, keep listening for those. And, if you again, if you want the written version of this, go to smarthomeweekly.net. Everyone, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.